Talk, talk to me. Here we go. go. Okay. WSRadio.com. Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome, and we are delighted, as always, to spend our Saturday with you. Uh, if you're listening live here in the Los Angeles area or anywhere in the world, we're delighted to have you. we got a great show for you today. Uh, lots of fun stuff. In just a second, we're going to uh, talk to Brad Rutter, who is the... Uh, all-time winningest Jeopardy champ, who had a very, very interesting week this week. Uh, but we are delighted, Mark, uh, Mark and Marsha, with you today. Eight seven seven four seven four three three zero two. If and if you have any, if you have any comments during the show, you can re- reach me at Marsha Collier on Twitter or hash mark your tweet hash Tech Radio, and we'll see it and we'll respond to you. Also, so, Mark, I got to tell you, I am like totally hyped about having Brad on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of Watson, and I looked up a couple of things, and I wanted to let you know some of the things that Watson can do when it comes to understand text, just okay. like five little things, okay? okay? It parses questions well, which is one of the biggest failings in search engines. You know, in other words, if you ask a question, it understands. Mm-hmm. It gathers evidence for each of its hypotheses and then offers a, conference, a confidence level. Did you know when you watched Jeopardy, it showed the percent of how his answers would be right okay so it does that it searches and analyzes text in multiple formats from multiple sources so it's just got everything and i won't because i see brad is yeah online. brad is there in fact let it me tell scales you. crazy fast and handles language and all its ambiguity ambiguity including puns metaphors jokes and sly illusions all right and let me tell just you like you yeah exactly <laughs> and let me tell you a little bit about brad uh, Brad uh, Rudder is the biggest all-time money winner on the U.S. syndicated game show Jeopardy, second biggest all-time money winner on a game show. Uh, he became the undefeated champion of Jeopardy in 2000. He subsequently won an unprecedented three Jeopardy titles, 2001 Tournament of Champions, the Million Dollar Masters, the Ultimate Tournament of Champions, uh, and won about $3.5 million, a couple of Chevrolet Camaros. Just as, I know. see a book in his future, I'm just uh, saying. Yeah, uh, lots of stuff. <laughs> Well, let's get uh, Brad on the uh, on the line. Brad, thank you for joining us. Nice to be with with you this morning. Our pleasure. Or this afternoon now, apparently. Uh, Parse yes, that well, is a question, please. <laughs> uh, thank you. And uh, Pierce, let's see. Did you? Did, am I reading this right? You also were on. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? That was Ken. Uh, he oh, won Ken was on. Million dollars on there to leapfrog me uh, back in front of me for the all-time game show winnings title. So this is a real rivalry going back and forth. Uh, rivalry, but friendly at the same time. Uh, we, uh, we, we had a bunch of fun in New York doing all the press together. Oh, I bet. So tell us a little bit. First of all, uh, uh, Brad and I talked a few minutes before the show, and I said he is a brave man. You know, I've been around. Really com- brave. Yeah, I mean, I've been really? around computers my whole life and, you know, have built them and worked with them, and I just can't imagine, you know, with the advantage that a computer has, why did you do it? What do you tell us about it? Well, not only brave to go against Watson, but just to be on Jeopardy. I well, mean, that's, that's a huge deal. My ex-husband lost in Final Jeopardy. You want? To, you oh. need to know this. Oh, how sad! But I'd rather <laughs> talk to Brad. <laughs> uh, 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 the first thing everybody says when they meet me is like, "I give you know, I can't believe you can get up there and do that." I do pretty exactly. well at home, but I would freeze under the lights. So. Uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see what you're saying there. Um, but I just, I love to play and I love to do it. And anytime Jeopardy calls me up, I'm just raring to go and uh, wherever that, wherever and whenever they want me. Um, it's, uh, it's obviously, obviously been pretty good to me. Uh, but I just have so much fun. And uh, to add the Watson element into it too, it's sort of a chance to be a, 
a little bit of a part of history, so there's nothing wrong with that either. And, uh, you know, the uh, $100,000 guarantee for plus 100000 for charity for third place doesn't hurt either. No, I think that's great. I mean, tell us a little bit about, uh, Marshall was talking a little bit about it, what Watson is. What You know, when they described this to you and said, okay, we're going to pitch you against a computer, what kind of investigation did you do? What did you learn? And <laughs> looking back on it, was it a great idea besides the money? Well, uh, I had first uh, heard about Watson when they did the whole, uh, the original media blitz for it, and then they had the New York Times Magazine article and all that stuff. And uh, I'd seen a few videos on the Internet uh, of it playing against, uh, you know, I guess IBM employees or something and, you know, coming up with ridiculous answers. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, pretty cool that it has uh, that level of artificial intelligence at this point. And maybe in five or six years when it's ready to play good Jeopardy players, I'll be one of the guys they pick. Um, but it ended up being five or six months. <laughs> so uh, by the time uh, we had everything nailed down and we knew in the taping dates and everything was going to be, I wasn't quite sure what to expect until uh, they sent us a Blu-ray of it playing uh, sparring matches against Tournament of Champions-level Jeopardy players. And these were really good players who I had recognized and some of whom I played against. And it turned out Watson was winning about 71% of the time, I think. And uh, I, think, uh, I, I think they sent us nine games and the human only won one of them. So uh, they they said it was a random drawing, but uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, but uh, so uh, I knew I'd have my work cut out for me. But uh, you know, uh, uh, part of why I've been so successful on the show is because uh, I've been one of the faster buzzers to play the game. And uh, I thought, well, okay. So these people can't buzz in faster than Watson. Maybe I can. And I learned to my chagrin last week that uh, I certainly cannot. Okay, I have to ask you, um, aside from my wanting, I got three-part question. How did it feel the first time you saw the tape of Watson playing people? Did you get a sick feeling in the pit of your stomach? Second question, how did it feel to actually play against a computer? And how does Watson press the buzzer, technically? Uh, I didn't get a sick feeling. I was just really interested. Um, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I thought, wow, uh, I was blown away by how much better it had gotten in just a few months. Um, and that's really the most impressive thing about it uh, from my perspective is it was mediocre at best when I first saw it, and then less than a year later it's beating me and Ken Jennings uh, on national TV. Well, uh, I hear it took 25 scientists four years, really, to program right. it. Yeah, so I guess maybe the bulk of the work was done, you know, way before anything came out, but uh, uh, they seem to have got uh, the curve of improvement uh, to the point where it right. improved that fast. Um, when I first went out to play it, uh, I was a little apprehensive because I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, uh, in the practice rounds that I'd seen, uh, Watson had been hunting for the daily doubles, and uh, all of a sudden when uh, we started playing the practice rounds, it would just run go straight down the categories like most people would do, uh, which was a little uh, off-putting, and I didn't really know what it was going to do once the... Uh, real game started, and uh, I suspected it would start hunting for the Daily Doubles, and uh, that ended up being what it did. Um, now, did you ever... did you notice any value in that strategy of searching for the Daily Doubles? Um, I think uh, when you're playing against humans, um, I'm sure like game theory would tell you that uh, getting, getting the Daily Doubles as fast as possible would be the best strategy, but um, I'm used to playing against humans, and uh, I'm generally pretty good on the buzzer, so you can end up building a lot of momentum going down the categories, and uh, if you run a category when everybody else was trying to buzz in, but you did, uh, that can be pretty frustrating, as I found out uh, later on. 
And also, uh, I would prefer to have some money before I hit the Daily Doubles, unlike Watson, who answered one question and then uh, went hunting for the Daily Double and got it immediately. So, okay, it can double its $400, but uh, based the, the big... Uh, Right. The big advantage there is they took it away from me and Ken. So I've, uh, my guess is that the uh, IBM people thought that uh, Daily Doubles and Final Jeopardy were Watson's biggest weakness, so it would pay to get the Daily Doubles out of the way. And oh. if, if Ken or I got Daily Doubles, it would be a big advantage because it's a big uh, opportunity to, to double whatever kind of money we have. And that is interesting. Exactly. As Marcia said, how did the computer buzz? Uh, it had a, uh, a little solenoid mounted on top of the same buzzer that uh, the human contestants would press. There's a little slot uh, on the podium where it rests, and they uh, stuck a clear plastic thing on top of it, and you could actually see the solenoid press the buzzer down. Oh uh, it was it was on the right side, uh, closer to Ken, so he told me he could hear it every time, and it was really uh, weird, but uh, I couldn't really hear it very well because it was a couple more feet away from me. Now, was it frustrating? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, uh, we we both said uh, when we were talking about it after the match, like, well, I guess I think we kind of got a taste of our own medicine here, because uh, it's extremely frustrating to know a lot of the answers and just you're just trying to time that buzz perfectly, and uh, you end up getting locked out if you come in first. And uh, so, are you doing reflex exercises now to be faster on the buzzer? Uh, yeah, not at the moment, but if I know I'm going back on the show, I think I will. Yeah, it's, uh, get the old uh, grapefruit squeezer out and uh, try to strengthen my buzzer thumb. So, would you do this again? You know, knowing what you now know, would you do it? And if you did it again, is there anything you could do differently? There's not much I would do differently. I would definitely do it again. Um, but I think. Um, uh, maybe a couple category choices uh, here and there, but that I don't think that made too much of a difference. But the thing that a lot of people don't recognize about Jeopardy is that uh, there's a tremendous amount of luck involved. I mean, I've gotten where I am because I've been ridiculously lucky a few times. And I think, uh, I think uh, Ken or I could have had a really decent shot at winning this thing if the uh, Tuesday double Jeopardy round hadn't lined up perfectly for Watson's capabilities. Um, it was up on of around 90% confidence on I'd say 90% of the questions in that round. And uh, when it's uh, when it's that high, you basically have about a 10-millisecond window to get in in front of it, which is really, really hard to do. 10 milliseconds? Seriously? Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what they said the computer does. Yeah, and I managed to do it two or three times, which, uh, yay for me, but uh, you saw it didn't work out uh, that well. Wow. Now, how did you feel about the airport question? Uh, that was amazing. And uh, you could was see... That? Uh, <laughs> You can see after the gameplay was over, they uh, were running uh, the conversation between Ken, Alex, and me, and uh, we were all flabbergasted that uh, how could it possibly miss that thing? Um, it seemed like the kind of thing that uh, would uh, what any you know deep document search would find and uh, come up with. So, and tell uh, us what it, that for those who didn't see the show, what was the airport question? Uh, it was uh, the, the category was U.S. cities, which is uh, important, and. Um, the uh, question was, uh, this city's largest airport was named for a World War II hero, and its second largest airport was named for a World War II battle. So they were talking about uh, O'Hare and Midway in Chicago, and mm -hmm. uh, both Ken and I got it almost immediately. And uh, I was fully expecting Watson to get it, and then when it said Toronto, which A, is not in the United <laughs> States, right. B, only has one major airport that anybody's really heard of, and uh, C, uh, Lester B. Pearson uh, was a... Well, I think he served in World War One, but he was a courier or something, and wasn't a World War. Or a when World we War II hero. when we come back, Ken, I want to tell you my theory on why Watson missed that because I think I have it. All right, <laughs> and Brad, you can stay with us. I hope. 
Yes. Oh, great. All right. We'll, we'll come back to a sec. Talk some more uh, about uh, from uh, Brad Rutter, the all-time Jeopardy champion. And uh, it should be fun stuff. We will be right back. Don't go away. This is Marsha Collier along with Mark Cohen and Brad Rutter on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Love to read but just don't have the time? With Audible.com, you can catch up on reading simply by listening. Audible has the largest collection of digital audiobooks, over 85,000 titles in every genre. Listen to a bestseller on your iPhone, BlackBerry, Android smartphone, or one of 500 other compatible devices. Visit audible.com slash wsradio today and get a free audiobook when you try Audible free for 14 days. That's audible.com slash wsradio. You know, selling online can be a challenge, but thanks to Dymo Indicia, shipping isn't. With Dymo Indicia, you can print prepaid U.S. Postal Service shipping labels directly from your Mac or PC. By eliminating your trip to the post office, Dymo Indicia lets you focus on finding, listing, and selling your products. My friends can save hundreds of dollars on a Dymo Indicia postage solution by visiting endicia.com slash cool eBay tools. Dymo Indicia is the leading internet postage provider with over $5 billion of postage printed. Indicia is integrated into over 100 third-party applications, which makes your inventory management easy. You get access to discounted delivery and signature confirmation, discounted parcel insurance, and hidden stealth postage. Shipping internationally? With Dymo Indicia, you can also print a first-class international shipping label. Dymo Indicia is the smart way to get it done. Visit endicia.com slash cool eBay tools. Attention political advertisers. When you're thinking of the best way to market your campaign or issue, consider this. AOL advertising reaches more than 158 million voting age Americans each month, more than twice as many as elected our president. Plus, whether you're building awareness, fundraising, or getting out the vote, AOL makes it easy to find the voters you want. So put your money where the voters are, online at AOL. To learn more, visit AOLadvertising.com slash politics. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need. And each year, they never fail to impress me. If you've never used an SSD before, the V-Series might just be the ticket. Let's say you've had that computer for a few years and it's starting to run a little slow. If you're not ready to replace it, Kingston's SSD, now V-Series solid-state drive, can kickstart that old system and make it feel like new. It'll improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced, and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing new life into an existing system. If you own a desktop, the 30-gig Kingston V-Series SSD is the perfect companion to that hard drive you have with all that music and movie. Put the operating system on the SSD and keep the data where it's at. Sit back and watch your old desktop operate faster. There's a capacity and a model for everyone wanting to upgrade from a traditional hard drive to a solid-state drive. Check out the Kingston SSD Now V-Series. SSD at www.kingston.com. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome back. And we, uh, we have pleasure talking to uh, 
Brad Rutter, who is the all-time undefeated champion on Jeopardy, uh, all-time biggest money winner. And uh, Brad, I was reading a little bit about uh, your history. You hosted a, uh, a local broadcast quiz show called Inquisitive. And then according to this, you describe yourself as a slacker in school. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that's something that uh, I have uh, encountered among uh, Jeopardy types a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I think part of uh, what makes you successful on Jeopardy is having your brain wired a certain way, which is to be kind of a sponge to absorb just interesting facts you see around you, and that doesn't necessarily correlate with uh, academic settings. Mm, so uh, school and I never got along too well. <laughs> yeah, neither did I, actually. Marcia, you wanted to say, so you were talking about yeah. the airport thing. I was so frustrated when Watson got that question wrong. My theory is that in its mental search, it did World War, uh, I searched for airport, WW, capital I, capital I, hero, to find my answer, and I got it in .16 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, I suspect maybe Watson did TWO. Oh. See what I mean? Because there was a number in there. Right. And you don't get the answer as quickly as if you do WWTWO as you would WW capital I capital I, which is computer ease for two. Ah, yeah, that's that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, the the uh, IBM guys were uh, saying uh, that uh, uh, they they um, the U.S. cities category um, was actually not a big uh, concern for them. Uh, in the algorithm because it, uh, they realized that especially in Final Jeopardy, a lot of times the, uh, the correct response doesn't exactly fit that category. Uh, I think uh, the example they gave that was that uh, the category might be composers and then the correct response would be an instrument. So, uh, right. they, uh, said Watson had been running into a lot of problems with that early in the process, so they discounted the weighting they put on the category name, um, which led, uh, Watson to not eliminate Toronto. Uh, well, exactly, and that's why I didn't put city in my search, the mm -hmm. word city. So, so I, I found that interesting. You're telling Brad next time he's on, just have his computer next to him so he can Google the answer. <laughs> Gosh, if only he could. Somehow yeah. I don't think the people at Jeopardy would be quite... No. You know, so, Brad, tell excited. us a little bit about your prep. I mean, is there such a thing as prep for Jeopardy, or you just go in and know what you know? Well, as I was saying earlier, 90% um, of it, I'd say, is just... Uh, absorbing facts in daily life and then being able to recall it quickly but there are a few categories that come up all the time on jeopardy and you'd be well advised to be really familiar with them when you're going to be on the show for instance i have flashcards of all the world capitals and i always look at a list of the presidents and vice presidents in order and uh i reacquaint myself with the plots of every shakespeare play because those are three uh three categories that you'll often often see now I, you know, I know there are a number of game shows and a number of shows on the year. For example, um, oh, there's one in uh, America's Got Talent, where they give you this million dollar prize, and then in the really teeny tiny print at the end of the show, it says given to you over a 40 year period of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does it work with Jeopardy? Uh, Jeopardy gives you a lump sum, That's which is fantastic. Nice. And uh, on the regular show, it usually takes about 90 days after the air date to get to you. But uh, the last few times they've paid me, it's been uh, literally the day of the airing of the final episode I was nice. on. Nice! They give you a little little envelope. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, in fact, I was walking back into the hotel uh, in, in New York on Wednesday, and uh, the 
uh, their Jeopardy's publicist, Rebecca, said, oh, by the way, I have something for you, and handed me a check for $100,000. Oh, how nice. <laughs> I actually have done three game shows myself in my earlier years. One, a card on Hollywood, a car, rather, on Hollywood Squares. Not quite the same as the $3.5 million that Ken won. <laughs> uh, and in those days, the car was about $3,000. So it wasn't quite as big a deal. But, I mean, are you, so tell us about what you're doing now and what your future is. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I had that uh, quiz show for high school kids back in Pennsylvania, and I decided to try that kind of thing out here and on a bigger level. So I have some uh, game show concepts I've been pitching around, also a couple of uh, History Discovery Channel type uh, concepts I'd, uh, I'm, I would host, and I'm pitching those around too. And uh, my agent said, well, hey, why not take some acting classes? And I thought, well, why not? And I just fell in love with it. So now I'm uh, auditioning for sitcoms and the like and commercials, and uh, yeah, I yeah. perform uh, Improv at Second City every Monday if uh, anyone hey. Southern California would like to come out and see Crisis averted. We'd love to have you. Now, you know, you have to either park cars or be a waiter to make it here in L.A. as, a, as an actor. So are you going to be doing that? Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of it is that uh, every time I'm at an audition, I hear people complaining about how oh, there was this guy in the restaurant last night who wouldn't leave till one thirty a.m. <laughs> and uh, I don't have to worry about any of that, which is very nice. Isn't that why? Any <laughs> any final thoughts on Watson or, or you know your your time on Jeopardy? Um, just that uh, I, it was just a, a fascinating process to be a part of, uh, and this is a, a real benchmark in uh, the history of artificial intelligence. And it's really cool and really an honor just to maybe be a footnote in history rather than just game show history. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a cool thing to be a part of. And Mark, I wanted a I wanted to know when you first sat down with Watson. I realized you saw the videos ahead of time, but did you have practice rounds with Watson? We did. We had three practice rounds and. Uh, Watson won the first one, Ken won the second one, and I won the third one. So we were both feeling pretty good uh, going into the match. You think that maybe Watson let you win? <laughs> uh, I think so, actually. He threw uh, the match. I, 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 I actually do, because that would be an emotional, you know, uh, response to maybe to set the competitors on a little bit of a comfort feeling. Right, and uh, but, but I think uh, I think IBM kind of outthought themselves uh, with that one because uh, I ended up winning the the practice round the day of the match, and that meant I felt great going into it. So uh, I had more confidence than I would have otherwise, rather than if Watson had just blown us out in all three, I probably would have been pretty demoralized at that point. So who well, knows? Watson, uh, I, you know, I, think, uh, I don't think anything would have turned out differently, no matter how Watson played in the practice round. Well, watching your face, though, <laughs> which I did <laughs> a lot of, by the way, during, the, during Jeopardy, you could really see your frustration. Because yes. uh, many times you did know the answer. It was clear. You and Ken both knew the answer. And it was just a matter of speed. Yeah, and really at the top levels of Jeopardy! competition, it's like that with humans, too. Um, if you watch the uh, the ultimate tournament with Ken and me and Jerome Barrett, uh, which I ended up winning, um, I'm sure Ken and Jerome know, knew uh, 90% of the answers that uh, I got in on, and I just happened to have the buzzer timing and was in the zone that day. So uh, at that level of competition, the buzzer is all important. Uh, and, Brad, do you have a website that we can follow what you're doing? Um, I'm at Brad Rudder on Twitter. Uh, oh, there you go. Me. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I'll be, keep everybody posted on what I'm up to. Gosh, well, thank you so much for being with us. I, this, this was a kick. And, uh, you know, Marsha, I'm going to have to start watching Jeopardy again. The questions got so easy for me that I just, you know, it, it was no challenge anymore. So uh-huh, kinda, sure. Yeah, right? Sure. I'm, I'm tweeting right now for everybody to follow you, Brad, and... Uh, Hopefully, we'll get lots of following, and we want to know more about what you're doing. Yeah, please keep us well. Good luck on the uh, the acting career, and, and love to have you back on the show at some point. Thanks a lot, guys. Great to be with you. Hey, thank you for being with us. Take care. Uh, Brad Ruder, the, uh, Rudder, rather, the, uh, the all-time winning Jeopardy! money champion.
Not too bad. Uh, Not bad. Again, yeah, that was very cool. Nice guy, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask him what he did with this $3.5 million, but I thought that was kind of rude. Why so just, not? Yeah, I Wait, all of a sudden, you're not rude? <laughs> no, you know, that's true. <laughs> certainly never like, stopped me in the past. All of a sudden? You yeah, he seemed manners? like a nice guy, though, so I you know, certainly didn't want to do that. But, uh, yeah, it is. Boy, I, I want to tell you, you know, he talks about, oh, you know, it's easy. and blah, blah. Those are some of the most difficult questions, and certainly on any game show. I think everybody acknowledges that. So he makes it sound easy, but it, it certainly is not. And uh, how, how are you in answering Jeopardy questions? I'm pretty good. You yeah. know, when it's, I'm not really a trivia maven. I know a lot of useless facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I'm there. I, I answer quite a few of them. But, you know, when they get to some of those esoteric, you know, King James the first wrote right. what this in, in the new Bible. And I'm like, hey. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know the Bible text. Um, I don't know the chain of kings and queens in England. Um, you know, there's some, mostly history mm-hmm. I have trouble with. Yeah. I mean, game shows are fun. As I was talking about, I did, I was on the, uh, dating game when I was a kid. For those of you who remember the dating game. And then I was on a, mach- uh, a game show, didn't last very long, called the Magnificent Marble Machine that had a gigantic pinball machine on it. And that was fun. And I will tell you that when I was on, um, Hollywood Squares and having won the car, the big money prize that I won, and I won that day more than most people had won, a thousand dollars. They were giving you $250 a game. And we whipped through like five games on the air and a thousand dollars, you know, this is a long time ago. A thousand dollars was a big money win in those days. Today it's a little bit better than it used to be. So, uh, it's kind of fun. Did you ever do a game show or try for one? Only, I didn't try for one when I was a little, little girl. I know this sounds ridiculous. There was a show called Name That Tune. Oh, sure, yeah. You remember that show? Sure. And my mother and I were in New York, and we were out shopping, and somebody from the network stopped us and asked my mother if I wanted to be on Name That Tune because they were having a special children's show. Right. So I I don't even remember it. Wow. <laughs> but I know I did it. <laughs> Okay, I was in the peanut. Oh, I think you and I talked about this. I before. was in the we peanut were both gallery in the, yeah, howdy too. Duty. Yeah, yeah, we Buffalo were both in the Bob, howdy, howdy duty. duty. Yeah. Yeah. I hope nobody googles that to see when that was. Really, uh, I was never on Captain Kangaroo though, and no. I was a big Bob Keeshan. We had yeah. him on the show, didn't we once? No, I don't think so. Bob Keeshan, no. Not that I, I remember. I remember. I remember us talking about it definitely. I think you had a dream about that. We uh, we definitely <laughs> have talked about it before. Uh, anyway, that was a lot of fun. Also, before we go to break, I want to tell you because I talked about this last week. Federal. Uh, Communications Commission has made its net neutrality official stance by a three to two vote, uh, releasing new rules governing the practice of broadband providers. Guidelines prohibit ISPs from blocking or discriminating, uh, indiscriminately slowing down lawful web content of any kind. So we were talking about, you know, can they actually slow it down at different times of the day? According to the FCC, you can't do that anymore. And that's the net neutrality rule. So, yeah, but um, does that equal for phone companies? See, that may be a whole other thing. That's a good question. Well, the, FC, the phone companies are also governed by the FCC. Yeah, but they're talking about the net. We're yeah, talking right, about phone service. So yeah. you know, that's interesting. There may be a loophole there. Yeah, it could be. All right, well, lots of stuff ahead. Uh, I'm leaving a little early today, but Marsha's going to, I'm sure, have something cool And i got a great guest. Got a good guest. All right, we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, if you want to call us, 877-474-3302, and we'll be right back. This is Marsha Collier along with Mark Cohen, and we're on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk.
You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Attention online sellers. Introducing a great source for high-quality, low-cost merchandise. Genco Marketplace is America's largest wholesale source of store returns and closeout inventory. Our huge volume and variety of products means online sellers can be insured of a steady source of supply. Find electronics, housewares, shoes, apparel, tools, and general merchandise all from one site. Discover the web's one-stop product source you can trust. Pallets for sale are posted to our easy-to-use e-commerce site, GencoMarketplace.com. There you'll find what you need fast and view a detailed list of items in the pallets. No surprises. Genco Marketplace has direct liquidation contracts with America's largest retailers and manufacturers, which means that buyers purchase direct from the source with no middleman markups. Huge variety, low risk, and fast, easy online purchasing. Register for free and begin bidding on loads the same day. Sign up today at GencoMarketplace.com. That's G-E-N-C-O Marketplace.com. Navy Mutual Aid Association has been serving military and their families since 1879, and we've come a long way. Our products include insurance and annuities with no sales commissions or loads to pay. At NavyMutual.org, you may obtain a quote and apply for the insurance right online. Navy Mutual is a nonprofit veteran service organization, not a commercial insurance company. Coverage is available to you and your family if you are serving on active duty or retired from the sea services. NavyMutual.org, insuring those who serve. Introducing NoMoreWebmasters.com. No middleman, no expensive fees to pay. Build your own website choosing from over a 100 templates, even if you've never built a website in your life. Reserve your own domain name for only $7.85 for one year. If you want NoMoreWebmasters.com to host your site, hosting for a basic five-page website is only $4.95 per month. Log on now to NoMoreWebmasters.com, your one-stop shopping on the Internet place. Hi, Jack Warren, Senior VP of the WS Radio Networks. We started broadcasting on the Internet in 2001, and we've come a long way. We're a unique mix of Internet marketing and true radio broadcast professionals and have set ourselves apart in the marketplace, building up to over 3 million listeners per month. Internet radio works. What is the proof? You're listening to the proof right now. How did you find us? How is it that you're listening to this commercial right now? The good news is WS Radio is opening up local stations with a proven business. Business model. For the right people, we're now giving away WS Radio City licenses. No previous radio experience is required. We're looking for self-starters who have a sales background, are willing to hire the right salespeople, and are motivated by our unique model. What is our model? Glad you asked. We'll need a little more time to explain. To listen, just click on wsradio.com forward slash city license to a 10-minute audio for our big picture. That's wsradio.com forward slash city license. 